out of a great meeting over the last week. I thought y'all do better than that. <laughs> what a great meeting Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Monday night. I mean, a power, I told y'all, I said, we don't always have the biggest meetings, but we have the greatest meetings. And uh, we had a really powerful meeting, miracles and healings and prophetic releases and all those things that went forth. And uh, it's powerful. It's powerful. We're certainly uh, praise God for uh, Apostle Benjamin, Pro Apostle Prophet Benjamin Smith, who came minister the word of God to us and uh, taught us uh, many things. Just, I mean, he preached Monday night like a wild man. Like a wild man. I'm like, man, how do you turn that motor off? And uh, so we appreciate all that he poured out on Wednesday night, on, on uh, this weekend. All right, now, I don't want us to lose any of the momentum from that week, from what we just experienced. I don't want us to lose the intensity, and I don't want us to lose or to miss God's intentionality about the week. There were things that God poured out that we absolutely needed to hear and receive, okay? That being said, as your pastor, I have to bring some correction and clarity to the house. Because when apostles and evangelists and prophets, they leave, I'm still here. And since I'm here and I'm your pastor and I'm your shepherd, I have to make sure I guard the sheep. And I keep you secured in doctrine. That's why I insisted y'all come tonight. Okay? Because we heard so many great things, but at the same time, we heard some erroneous things. And the thing that bothered me was not that I heard them, but that I heard most of you all, many of you all agreeing with those things, which meant you don't know your Bible. You don't know your Bible. And that's, you know, back today, we used to have Sunday school and YPWW and BTU, and you learn doctrine. And see, we can get hyped on revelation flowing, prophetic declaration, but it must be founded in doctrine. Y'all looking to be scared. We're streaming. I ain't scared. Okay? Because I know my Bible. And I need you to know your Bible. Because if not, you'll be as Ephesians... Four talks about tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. See, there are winds of doctrine that come along, and if you don't know what you're hearing, you'll be pulled away. And so let me say this right off rip. I am I have no intention on disparaging my brother. I love my brother. I appreciate what he delivered in this place. I appreciate his ministry, and we are praying for God to increase open more doors from the ministry of the word all over the world, okay? And um, I want to make sure, though, that for you, I establish some clarity about doctrine here. I'm not responsible for Pastor Caleb's church. I mean, I'm, I'm there covering all, but I can't tell him what to preach in his church. So let me say this. I'm gonna, I'll throw this out here. How many ministers and preachers do I have in here, ministers and preachers? Raise your hand real high. 
If you ever get invited to preach at someone's church, never preach doctrine. Never preach doctrinal things. Don't ever touch doctrine. Because you run the high risk of running against people's doctrinal understandings and you will leave people confused in strife and you'll leave that pastor in a lurch. Because he has to deal with it. He has to come behind that. All right? So again, I have no intention on disparaging man of God. And I don't want you to walk out of here thinking, Pastor saying that he's a false preacher or a false teacher or a false. No, I'm not saying he is not a false. As a matter of fact, you remember the statement that he, that he made that there are false prophets, but then there are some prophets that get things wrong. Which means there are also false teachers, and there are some teachers who get some things wrong. And you know I've stood before you on several occasions over the 24 years in this ministry and said, hey, Holy Spirit corrected me on something. I better stand up. Holy Spirit corrected me on something, and I'm going to bring you the correction. Because when the Holy Spirit corrects me, i got to come and say, hey, I, I messed that up. I missed that. And we got to get it straight. All right? So I want you to open your Bibles very quickly to 1 Timothy 4. And I'm going to use the King James. And I'm going to use the King James all night. Now, you know, I don't normally preach from the, from the King James. I normally keep preach from the New King James. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and I use other translations, but I'm going to use the King James, and here's why. Because much of the doctrine that we heard, the things that I'm going to refute tonight, came, comes from the apostolic faith, the apostolic movement. And Prophet Smith is not apostolic. He was just sharing, saying that that's where he heard these things from. And so they believe only in the King James. And as far as they're concerned, there is no other Bible. Right. If you read out any other translation, you're a heathen, you're a wicked person, you're going to hell. Church of Christ, King James. Many people in, the, in Pentecostal uh, groups only go by King James as if that's the only Bible or if it's the oldest Bible. First of all, it's not the only translation, and it's not even the oldest translation. And among translations, it's somewhere between 14 and 21 in the line of translations. So the King James is not the authority on the word of God. But I'm going to use that because that's where people pull the doctrines from. Y'all got it? Can I, can I teach tonight? Can I, can I be your pastor? You're going to trust me to be your pastor. Okay. All right. So 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13 through 16. Let me know when you get there by saying Amen. Paul's instruction to Timothy says, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. He says, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting or your progress may appear to all. Verse 16, Take heed unto yourself. I'm going to change some words just because of I don't use all of Shakespeare in English. <laughs> Take heed unto yourself and unto the doctrine. And unto the what? Doctrine. Unto the what? Doctrine. Take heed to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, Timothy, you shall both save yourself and them that hear thee. So when you maintain and, and, and stay in the doctrine, you're going to save yourself and those who hear you. Yes, sir. 
I'm your Timothy tonight. Y'all just saying, I'm your Timothy tonight. And so my job is to make sure I stay in the doctrine, take heed to myself, but also make sure you hear it so I save me and I save you. All right. Now, Timothy is, is Paul's spiritual son. Y'all know that, right? He served as the pastor, the overseer, the bishop, if you will, of the church at Ephesus. Okay? And I want you to look in 1 Timothy 1. Uh, go back one uh, to the first chapter, 1 through 4. Now, I'm going to speed read through a lot of this. I got a lot of scriptures. I hope to finish tonight. If I don't, we'll pick it up next Wednesday. Sunday, I'm going to preach regular. But these Wednesdays, I got to make sure because y'all, y'all are the students. Wednesday night, you're students. So 1, Peter, uh, 1 Timothy rather 1, 1 through 4, says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, unto who? My own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 3, as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Verse 4, neither give heed to what? Fables and what else? Endless genealogies. Don't forget, I'm going to come back to that. Endless genealogies which minister questions, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. So do. So these fables and genealogies, they produce questions and not answers. So when you walk away and say, oh, what? Wait, wait, I didn't know that. What does, what does that mean? You just got into fables and genealogies. Don't look at me with that face. It produces questions. And the Bible's not a book of questions, it's a book of answers. Doctrine gives us answers. Can you say amen? amen. Now that word doctrine, go back to 1 Timothy 4. 1 Timothy 4. That word doctrine in this Location, 1 Timothy 4. 1 Timothy 1, that word doctrine is the longer word. I'm going to the shorter word in 1 Timothy 4, verse, um, uh, verse, verse 13 through 16. The word doctrine comes from the Greek word didaskalia. Didaskalia. Can you say that? Didaskalia. Which means teaching, instruction. Watch this. That which is taught. It's doctrine. Okay? Now, say this word, Hermeneutics. Say it again, hermeneutics. hermeneutics. All right, how many of y'all ever heard that word before? Every hand should be raised. We just heard it this weekend. Hermeneutics. And we learned that hermeneutics is about pretext, text, and post-text. Right? I went to school. I have my bachelor's in theology. I learned hermeneutics. I learned about pretext, text, and post-text. But hermeneutics, I want to put this on the screen for you, hermeneutics. Also, Passages are interpreted based on context, but in light of the whole body of scriptures. So you can't draw a doctrine of just one section. You must draw the doctrine of the whole body. So you can't just compare three verses to the, to the, to the rest of the chapter, but those three verses to the rest of the chapter and the rest of the Bible itself. And the danger that we get into with... with um, Modern preaching is we try to draw a point. We are isogeting rather than exogeting a text, which means we already have our conclusion when we come in and we draw, we draw our own uh, um, 
our own thoughts out of what we already had in our mind rather than match that text. Y'all ain't going to run tonight. I know y'all's running Sunday night, but you're going to learn tonight. You draw that, that conclusion based on that passage rather than how does it line up with the entire Bible? Because the Bible is not just a bunch of books. It is God's holy Bible. It's God's holy letter. It's God's holy writ. And you must compare it to what the whole Bible says. All right. So I'm going to go through some doctrinal things, a few of the things we heard. And we're going to clarify or correct. Okay. First point of business. Here's the question. Are Satan and the devil the same being? No. Yes, they are. But we heard no. And everybody's going, whoa, my God, Lord have mercy. Think, come on, Jesus. Hey, read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. It would behoove everybody to go through the Bible school class. If not, at least read your Bible. So on this one, I just want to bring clarity because I was sitting there stunned like, I'm not, did I hear that? Did I not hear that? I'm not sure. What did I hear? So I'm not going to correct as much as I'm going to bring clarity. Because I hope that it wasn't meant the way I heard it. But in case it was, in your ear, because some of y'all said, answered no, that meant that you heard it and you interpreted it and you took away and you would have spent the rest of your life thinking there's a devil and then there's a Satan. and then, No, he's one. This is the doctrine of demonology. See, these are things that we learn in, in, in Bible classes and these doctrines. When I was coaching, we learned the doctrines. Today's modern church, people don't have time to spend in the Bible. They're on Facebook and playing video games and doing everything else and not learning the word of God. People get caught up on, on, on you know, relationship goals but don't know anything about the doctors of the Bible. They get caught up on the hypey, hypey Mike Toddy kind of preachers and never learn Bible. I don't mean to say Mike Todd. Forgive me for that. Put up Revelation 12, 7 through 9. Revelation 12, 7 through 9. Are the devil, are Satan and the devil the same being? Revelation 12, 7 through 9. Y'all got it? You can find it later. It's on the screen. Are the, and there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the who? The dragon. the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. Verse 8. And prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. Neither was, I'm sorry, go back to that. Because I... I want to deal with that at all time. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. Y'all got it because y'all was yelling about some other stuff. I, I don't have time to deal with that. Y'all, you, you, the devil accused. Wait, hey, the devil's not in heaven accusing you. He's in your mind accusing you. See, everybody got hyped about that, but I, you got You better know your word. And prevail not, neither was their place 
found anymore in heaven. Verse 9. Verse 9. And the great dragon, what, read it with me, was cast out. That old serpent called and called and called, said, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast into the earth. He's called the devil and Satan. They are not two beings. It's one being. We see several names. The dragon, the serpent, the devil, Satan. We see Beelzebub in the scriptures. And his angels were cast out with him. He took a third of the angels with him. Y'all understand this? Okay. Keep going. Let me give you a few more verses from that chapter. They were cast out with him. Keep going. Verse, verse 10. I'm going to keep going because you're going to see this again. Uh, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accused of our brethren is what? Cast down. Which accused them. Accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, they loved not their lives unto the death. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. That's Israel. That's been happening for hundreds of years, ladies and gentlemen. And let me keep going. Um, she was nursed for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. Notice it, start, it uses all these different names interchangeably. But it's the exact same being. Revelation 20, chapter 20, verse 1 through 3. Pastor Cable, these kind of things you got to do. Yes, sir. So, Pastor, you got to protect your house, protect your people. And I don't mean from Prophet Smith, because he's going to come back to preach. Because I'm going to bring him back to preach. That's my friend. I love him. And he's an awesome man of God. But anytime I hear incorrect doctrine, trust me, I'm going to fix it. From anybody. Now, there are things I disagree with many preachers about. There are things I don't agree with Apostle Durbel about, but they're not doctrinal. Doctrine is different because doctrine is your foundation. It's the foundation of your faith. And if you get doctrine wrong, you don't have anything to stand on. Okay, at verse 1 of chapter 20, and I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Keep going. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, here it is again, which is the devil and Satan and bound them. Bound what? Oh, him, that's singular. Bound the same person, same being, bound him a thousand years, verse 3, and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loose a little season. It's one. Can I get one amen from somebody? So no matter what you call him, he's one. Let me also throw this in as a, as, a, as a PS. No matter what you call him, 
He accuses, he tempts, and he condemns. He's still doing that. And it doesn't matter because if we think, well, only Satan accuses, only the devil tempts. Well, let me give you some scriptures. Matthew 4, verse 1. They're going to put it on the screen. Matthew 4, verse 1. Jesus was tempted by the devil. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 5, it says Satan will tempt you. So you can't, we can't not draw a conclusion or doctrine say Satan is only the accuser. The devil is the only tempter. No, we just saw the devil tempted Satan, tempted Jesus, and Satan tempts us. Same being. See, y'all holler, but you don't read. All right. In John 8, 44, Jesus calls the devil, the devil, the father of lies. But in Acts 5, verse 3, Peter says, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? Same being. I'm about to say the devil and Satan are the same being. Low down, rotten scoundrel, the devil. He's a, I, I hate all the names. Every, I don't care what you call him. I hate him. He hates me, but he's only one being. Can you say amen? amen. All right, let's keep going. We got through that fast. I might, I might finish this tonight. Good, praise God. Because I don't want to keep dealing with it. I just want to hit it, quit it. Let's keep on moving. Let's get some more doctrinal clarification, and this may be a matter of doctrinal correction, too. I wanted to call it clarification, but it may be correction. Are black people the real Jews? Because, see, you hear that, all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, oh, that's right, that's right, that's wrong. That is wrong. And your next thing you know, you'll be growing a beard down to your chest. Talking about you black Hebrew Israelite. Because you've let a little bit of leaven slip in. A little bit of erroneous doctrine slip in. And you didn't cast that down. And so when your black Hebrew Israelite cousin, a friend, come by saying, you know we the real Jews. You know we the real Jews. We the real Jews. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know what? I heard that one. I heard that in church. And pastor didn't even say nothing, so it must have been right. No, pastor's saying something. This is the doctrine of genealogies. Put up Acts 17.26 on the screen for me, please, media. Acts 17.26. Let's deal with this whole thing here so we make sure we're clear. Because the whole reason why we have this whole endless grasp at this, this black Hebrew Israelite or whatever black power thing we have in this nation and throughout the world is because people are trying to find their identity, find their power, find their royalty in their skin. But it doesn't come from your skin. 
Say that it comes from what's, what's within. Your skin don't make you royalty. We are a royal priesthood. See? And people trying to find some sort of, uh, of power in the color. And that's not where it is. You're going to be in trouble. You're going to be in some trouble if you're trying to do that. Go back to Africa. You can go back if you want to. Are you in Acts 17.26? Acts 17.26. What does it say? It says, and hath, this is about God, and verse 25 talks about God as the giver of life and breath and all things, right? Verse 26 says, and hath made of one blood, of one blood, all nations. That word nations is ethnicities. He's made all ethnicities of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and have determined their times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. So God took from one blood, being Adam's blood, and made every ethnicity on this planet. So the whole thing about who are the real Jews is a divisive doctrine of the, of the devil to make us try to compare and make ourselves feel superior. And it's a dangerous demonic doctrine. And even the best intended people on the planet can get sucked in by it. Genesis chapter 10. So let's deal with it. Genesis 10. Genesis 10 verse 1. Hallelujah. Y'all can write these down. They're going to put them on the screen. I want you to study this out. Study the scriptures. Acts 17 like the Bereans. Make sure the thing I tell you that they are so. But I'm going to give you scripture. I'm not going to get up here and talk. I'm going to give you scriptures. I learned from a man one time. He was, he was trying to argue me down against my doctrine. And he said, you got to prove the Bible by the Bible. You know what I did? I proved him wrong by the Bible. I went to the same Bible he used and proved him wrong. He thought he was going to outsmart me. Man, I, 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 I've been raising this. I eat, breathe, sleep, live this. I literally kiss my Bible. So I'm serious. I, I'm not joking. Uh, my, my, my son, we were in the car, putting something in the car, and I had my Bible in the trunk because I, I was my, my Bible and my tablet or whatever, and uh, he almost set something on my, on my Bible. He said, oh, I can't do that. I said, you better write. You don't set anything on top of my Bible. You don't put anything on top of my Bible. That's the most important document I have, the most important possession I have on this planet. Thank you, sir. Genesis 10, verse 1. Are you there? Yes, now these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, or Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and unto them were sons born after the flood. What happened during the flood? Everybody was wiped out. Everybody. Remember, we all came from one blood, but everyone was wiped out. So now God's starting over, and he gives Moses, uh, Noah rather the same command that he gave, gave to Adam, be fruitful and multiply. Tell the sons y'all bought that, be fruitful and multiply. So God's replenishing the planet starting from these three guys, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now go to verse 6, please. Verse 6. Verse 6. And the sons of Ham, now he's going to give us some of the sons of Ham. 
Cush and Mizraim and Put and Canaan. Y'all know the name Canaan. The Canaanites. But look at the first son of Ham. Cush. Now I'm going to give you from your Strong's Concordance what Cush means, where it comes from. So give me that. Put it on the screen, media, media. Cush from Strong's H3568. You can look this up for yourself. Don't just take my word for it. Look up for yourself. Cush means black. The son of Ham and grandson of Noah and the progenitor of the southernmost peoples located in Africa, Africa the peoples descended from Cush. Keep going. Come on, media. Keep going. Keep going. The land occupied by the descendants of Cush located around the southern parts of the Nile, Ethiopia. Now, where do they come from? These are the who? The Cush or the Cushites. They're descendants of who again? Ham. See why y'all like ham so much? Y'all like in that pool. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, that's just my little funny. All right, now I'm going to keep going. Because you got to get this. Tell your neighbor, you got to get this. Tell them this is for your safety. Genesis chapter 11. The next chapter, chapter 11, verse 10. Genesis 11, verse 10. Are you there? Yes, sir. All right, they got it. Y'all got it? These are the generations of Shem. Remember, this is Noah's son. Shem. Shem was 100 years old and begat Arphaxad two years after the flood. So this is Shem, okay? Now, I'm going to go to verse 26 through 29. 26 through 29. Hallelujah. Okay, now, we're about to see a guy named Terah. How many of y'all familiar who Terah is? Terah is the father of Abraham. All right? So Terah lived 70 years and begat who? Abraham. Abraham. Who else? Nahor and? Keep going. Keep going. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abraham, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran begat Lot. Verse 28. And Haran uh, died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity in Ur of the Chaldeans. Keep going. And Abraham, Abram rather, and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abraham's wife was who? That's as far as I need to go. I need to make sure you know this is the same Abraham. Abraham and Sarah. Who we know are the progenitors of the Jews. The Jews come from Abraham. So the name Shem is where we get the word Semitic. Shem. It would be Shemitic, or they've shortened it out to Semitic or Semite. So when you hear about Kanye West or whoever today get in trouble for their anti-Semitic comments, it's because their comments, and I don't believe they're really making anti-Semitic comments, but they're getting in trouble for making comments against Shem, the Shemites. That's where we get the word Semitic from. Shem. So Abraham comes from Shem, not from Ham. Ham's son, Cush, means black. So all the people... 
because all your, all your black power friends will argue you down about we the Kushites. And they're right. So we can't be the Kushites and the Semites. You can't be both. So the Jews come from Shem. Hallelujah. Give me 1 Timothy 1, 3 and 4, please. 1 Timothy 1, 3 and 4. Now, I'm going to open up the questions here tonight, so I'm going to probably try to cut out early minutes. I may not finish this. I don't know. But I, 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 I want to allow for questions because questions were created. Yes. I had contact. People called, you know, contact me with questions. Well, of course, because you talk about this stuff, and it's going to create questions. First right. Timothy 1, 3 and 4, are you there? First yes. Timothy 1, 3 and 4. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, remember we read this earlier? When I went to Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Verse 4, neither give heed to what? Fables and what else? Endless genealogies. And when people try to say who you're connected to, they're tracing down genealogies. And you can't, you can't, you can't trace it. First of all, first of all, can I, let me help you with something. First of all, as a black folk, you can't trace your genealogy. Because in the transatlantic Atlantic slave trade, all that was lost. And most Jews cannot trace their genealogy. Because when they were taken away captives in Babylon, they, they lost all of that. They had to try to do a census when Nehemiah and Ezra led them back. They had to try, try to do a Y'all been through Bible class? You need to take Bible, because it's in the Bible class. They went through a census to try to gather and find out who everybody was related to, to try to put that together. But they lost it. So you don't really know, even Jews don't really know what tribe they're from. So if they don't know and you don't know, how in the world we even try to say we are the real? You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I know this is good teaching. My people may not think it's good teaching, but I was. But I'm, I'm trying to, because to see, if you don't, if, see, all it takes is a little leaven. For you know, you'll be smudging and saging and all that kind of stuff for black power. Titus 3. 8 and 9. Titus 3, verse 8 and 9. Titus 3, verse 8 and 9. If you got a question, write it down. And I, only want, I don't want comments. I want questions. There's a big difference between comments and questions. People, we ask for questions. People got to give a comment. I don't want your comment. Not tonight. Verse 8. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Verse 9. But avoid, but avoid, but avoid foolish questions and, and contentious and for they are unprofitable and vain. Veins means useless. They don't produce anything. 
I had people tell me, I had one guy who argued me, want to argue me down by black Hebrew is like, I used to work in the shop. And you go in the shop, people don't argue, y'all come in the shop. Want to argue me down, I said, okay, I tell, just tell, you, tell, tell, me, tell me this. What does it produce for you? It, let's say you're right. So what? What does it produce? Because if it's not producing any power, any turnaround, any victory in your life, it's useless. But what I have, what I, come on, y'all, what I have is producing. So it's unprofitable and vain. Can I keep going? Romans 2, verse 28 and 29. Romans 2, 28 and 29. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Some of y'all might quit on me. That's all right. But you're going to go out knowing the truth. Romans 2, 28 and 29. Listen, let's listen to what Paul says here. Let's look at what Paul says. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. It don't matter if you're black, white, olive. He said, that ain't the real Jew anyhow. Y'all looking, boy. For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. Come on, keep going. But he is a Jew, say he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. So the real Jews, are, it, ain't, it don't matter what color you can put on a yarmulke, you can, you can have curls down to your, to your neck. It don't, none of that makes you a Jew in God's eyes. What makes you a Jew in God's eyes is what has happened in your heart, not the circumcision of your flesh. What's happened in your heart? Have you been circumcised? Have you given up the law? Have you taken on the form of Jesus Christ here? He says he's not a, he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter whose praise is not of men but of God. You want to be a real Jew? Get your heart right. You want to be a real Jew? Get born again. You want to be a real Jew? Serve God. You want to be a real Jew? Get Holy Ghost on the inside of you. You want to be a real Jew? And we get into this black Jew, white Jew, olive Jew stuff you're on dangerous ground. Because it's man's feeble attempt to make himself something to feel like he's something based on some external characteristic. All right, y'all ready? Let me try to get through this one right here. Doctrinal correction. Here it is. Here's the question. Is there a such thing as the Trinity? The devil is a liar. And when you hear everybody hollering, oh, you know Trinity. Oh, wow. We did it wrong. What? Did you forget everything you've ever read in your Bible? Well, it came out of the Catholic Church. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. The Catholic Church didn't write Genesis 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God 
created the heavens and the earth, God, Elohim. You look, if you got your little doodad, you look up Elohim in the Hebrew, it's plural. It's a plural word. You know plural means more than one. It's not singular, it's plural. And that's the first line of the Bible. We prove the Trinity in the first line of the Bible. Then you want to have verse 26. Let us. Us, I mean, sound like plural to me. I'm not sure. If, make man in our image and in our likeness. That sounds like plural. When you say our, that implies plural. is more than one person. And yet, this is this apostolic oneness modalism doctrine. That if you don't know your Bible, you will grab it and say, oh, that's right. That must be right. My Baptist people taught me wrong. No, your Baptist people did not teach you wrong. They taught you based on the word of God. They were right. At least about that, they were right. They might not have been right a whole bunch of stuff, but they were right about that. They were right about that. Smoking, but they were right cussing, but they were right. This is the doctrines concerning theology. The study of God himself. It's what theology is. The study of God is it's not Bible school. It's the study of God. So we study God. It's theology. We study God. And here, I, I want to make sure I wrote this down. Because the people in the apostolic persuasion, this is what they say, Shante. They say things like the word Trinity is not in the Bible. It's what apostolics say. Church of Christ say that. Rapture's not in the Bible. Are they right? Yes, they are right. The word Trinity is not in the Bible. The word rapture is not in the Bible. But can I tell you something? Neither is the word modalism, which is what they teach. Neither is the word oneness, which is what they teach. Can I say, neither is the word Bible. Do you know the word Bible is not in your Bible? Anywhere. Neither is the word Sunday. You'll never find Sunday in your Bible. Not in the King James. You'll never find the word Sunday in your Bible. I got one for all the apostolic people. Neither is the word apostolic. It's not in the Bible. So just because a word is not in the Bible does not take away from its truth. The word marijuana in the Bible, but you preach against it. It ain't the marijuana in the Bible anywhere. Reefer is not in the Bible. Cocaine is not in the Bible. Bestiality is not in the Bible. Not the word. See, just because words aren't in there doesn't take away from the principle of it. 
And if you, he'll be sitting in the barbershop in the beer shop. Yeah, that word. That's right. You know, I ain't never seen that word. Now. Pastor, how come that word ain't in the Bible? Because God didn't put it in there. But read your Bible and you'll understand this is what he was saying. Does the Bible not say we shall be caught away? Caught up together with them? That's the word rapture. That's where we get the word rapture from. Hallelujah. Genesis 1, verse 1, Elohim. I told you that, right? Genesis 1, 26. Let us make man in our own image and our own likeness, right? Y'all got that? Okay. So modalism is what they teach. Oneness of God. But let's look at something. Put up Genesis 2.24 media, please. Genesis 2.24. They say this is why they can't be a trinity because of what the Bible says. Because the Bible says our Lord, the Lord our God is one Lord. He's one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm going to show you one in other places. Verse 24 of Genesis 2. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be what? When my wife and I got married, we didn't all of a sudden dissolve, meld into one person. It means now we're unified. We're one unit, but it's still two of us. There are things she like, I don't like things. She like to eat, I don't like things. She like, place she like to go, I don't want to go. My wife want to go to the mall, I want to sit in the car and sleep. Can the men say amen on that one? You waving kind of hard back there, Oscar. You waving kind of hard. So one doesn't mean singular. One means unified. We shall be one flesh. It's modalism. Oneness doctrine. They teach that in this doctrine... God is not three persons, but he's one who reveals himself in three different phases. And they'll equate it like ice and water and steam. No, that's not true. Because they won't exist at the same, unless there's a certain place they, they will. Critical temperature they will, scientifically. But we're not teaching science tonight. John 17, 21. Are y'all learning anything tonight? John 17, 21. Jesus, in this prayer, this is really the Lord's Prayer. What we call the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6 is not really the Lord's Prayer. This is really the Lord's Prayer. John 17, three times Jesus prays this same thing. I'm just giving you one of them. He says uh, that they, he's praying to Father, that they all may be one, meaning us who get born again through the disciples' ministry, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. So his prayer is that we in the body would be one. So when you and I got born again, you became part of the one. But aren't we all individuals? But yet we operate as one. We're members of the same body. We operate as one. So we don't melt into each other. We, we now work together with each other. So when we see God, Jesus talking about him and the Father are one, he doesn't mean we're the same person. He means we are in agreement, perfect agreement. We work together. 
Jesus said, I only, see, I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see my father do. He never disputed his father one time. Oh, boy. 1 John 5, verse 7. 1 John 5, verse 7. 1 John 5, verse 7. Can you read? I got three of y'all. Can you read? 1 John 5, verse 7. Ain't no trinity in the Bible. For there are. For there are. I want to hear it like an army. For there are. Three. That bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. Now, the Word is Jesus, right? We know that. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. It's the Trinity right there. Well, it's not the word Trinity. It's three, ladies and gentlemen. Your, your tricycle has three wheels. We don't call it a three. We call it a tricycle. It is the Trinity. And I don't care if an angel come and tells you that it doesn't exist. Don't hoot and holler on stuff and you wait, wait a minute. Paul told Timothy, he said, Paul, he said, Timothy, you've known my doctrine. He said, Timothy, you, you follow my faith. You know what I've taught you, Timothy. Stick with what I taught you, son. So don't hoot and holler on some new revelation and it's not founded in scripture. There are three that, that word in the King, New King James it says that bear witness. There are three witnesses, it says, in heaven. Three witnesses. There are three. R is current, present tense. There are three in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three, he didn't just say these are one. He said, the, he reemphasized these three are one. It's still settled. Y'all looking at me like we lost. No, you ain't. Hey, it's still settled. I told you you got to take that. Take, don't lose. I told you at the beginning, don't lose that. But you can have that and still be founded in the word. Ooh-wee. Y'all okay? Now, who's the witnesses in heaven there? The Father, the Word. All right, John 1, verse 1 and 2. John 1, verse 1 and 2. This is not 1 John. This is the Gospel of John. John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was what? With God, and the Word was God. Oh, wait, wait. See, it says the Word was God. Yes, Jesus is God. That's why we use the phrase the God, not the phrase, because this word is in the Bible, the Godhead. He's in the Godhead. So he is the word. He is Jesus, but he's also God because the three of them make God. They're not three gods. 
That's getting over into polytheism. No, we're not in that. No, he's still, it's still one God. But he's eternally existing in three persons. Ooh-wee. In the beginning was the word, words with God, and the word was God. Verse 2, the same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 14, verse 14, verse 14. I'm going to throw that in there just for good measure. Verse 14, verse 14, verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Who is that? All right, and we beheld his glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, the only begotten of only begotten of the Father. So the word is begotten, Jesus is begotten of the Father, for God so of the world that he gave his only begotten son. So when you read things like, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, you say, well, see, that's, that was one person, or, or more than one, or whatever, I forgot how, how, how they put it in apostolic faith. But sure, you can, you're a child and a son. Sure, you're a child and a son. Sure, you can be a child and a daughter. Of course, that's, that's, there's no deep theology, theology behind that. Oh, you go, ooh, you hear it. You go, ooh, duh. So Jesus, thank you, Holy Spirit, in the first chapter of Genesis, when it says God created the heavens and the earth, remember, because we're reading this here about everything was made through him. When God created the heavens and the earth, the Bible says God spoke. Remember, the Bible says the Holy Spirit was hovering upon the face of the deep. And God said, that's the word. So we see right there in the Genesis, Genesis creation, God the Father, God the Son being the Word, and God the Holy Spirit all active in creation, ladies and gentlemen. From the, this, you ain't got to go past the first page of your Bible. You read King James Holy Bible and then page one, and you already got it. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. Hoo-wee. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to save me and you. First Timothy 2 and verse 5. Let's make sure we know Jesus Christ and the Father work together. And it's not just one person. Verse 5 of First Timothy 2. For there is. Y'all there? For there is one God and. One mediator between God and men, the man. So we get over into Christology. That's another doctrine. Christology. Everybody say Christology. It's a study of Christ, okay? Christology talks about Christ. So we see here that Christ is right now, this moment, a man. He's seated right next to the Father, right now, a man. He's a man. It doesn't call him a spirit. He's a man. A man is in heaven. Jesus. 
I don't have time to get into all that, but that's, that's more revelation right there. So there's a man sitting next to God to show us where we're seated. They're not the same. I got to keep going here. Acts 2. I'm going to try to finish this here tonight, boy. I don't want you to be upset on Sunday and next Wednesday. I want you to come back. <laughs> Acts 2. Pastor, you don't ruin my high. No, I'm going to take you higher. You're going to go higher. You know the higher structure you want to build, the deeper foundation you got to have? I'm trying to deepen your foundation. Acts 2, verse 20, uh, 32 and 33. Acts 2, 32 and 33. 32, 33. Acts 2, 32, 33. Are you there? This Jesus hath God raised up. This, so notice, notice Jesus didn't raise himself up. How you got saved? You confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. That God raised Jesus from the dead. Not that Jesus rose from the dead. Yes, he did. But that God raised Jesus from the dead. He didn't, he didn't self-rise. He ain't no self-rising flower. He, he rose because the Father raised him up. The prophetic word was, you will not leave my soul in hell. You will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. That's why before he died, he said, Father, into your hands I commend or I entrust my spirit. So the Father had to raise him up. And if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will also quicken your mortal body. The same spirit that lives in us. So this Jesus hath God raised from the dead, whereof we are all our witnesses. Verse 33. Therefore, therefore, being by, who is this about? Jesus. Being by the right hand of God exalted. So Jesus Christ is not on Father God's throne. He's by the right hand of God currently exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shared forth this which you now see in here. Go back to the beginning of that verse. I want you to see this. I want you to see this. Look at look what you see. You see God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost in the same verse. There's no Trinity. <laughs> well, you, you just, I, don't, I don't know what's wrong with y'all eyes, man. Acts 7, keep going. Acts 7, 55 and 56. I'm going to get this into you until you're sure till you can't be untaught by anybody. Acts 7, 55, 56. This is Stephen. Y'all remember Stephen the deacon, the evangelist? But he, being full of the, looked up steadfastly into and saw the glory of and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And said, now he's full of the Holy Ghost and he sees Jesus next to God. And said, behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. So when he saw heaven open, guess what he saw? Jesus next to God. Jesus next to God. No, they're the same person. No, Jesus was next to God. Are y'all getting this here tonight? 
y'all pardon me if I sound angry, but I don't want anybody to drift away. Second John chapter 1, verse 9. It's only one chapter. Second John chapter 1, verse 9. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, this is Christology, has not God. He that abides in the doctrine of Christ, he has both the Father, come on, and the Son. Both? Why would the Holy Ghost have to spell out both if they were the same, if they were one? But the Holy Ghost makes it clear, both the Father and the Son. If I'm going to take somebody out of here, I say, hey, I want both of y'all to come. Both of y'all. No, that's not good English. But that implies that's two of you. Go back to John, the Gospel of John 14, 16. I got a couple more scriptures on this here. Make, we're going to make good time. And then we're going to get out of here. I'm going to go eat and know, God, I did my job. And I can finally go to sleep because I have not slept well since Sunday, since Monday. I'm going to sleep tonight, Lord. Mercy, I'm sleep and I don't mean slept well because something was physically bothering me. It's just, hey, this is, hey, I got to see my people Wednesday night. Where did I tell y'all to go? Jesus talking right here. It's in red in your Bible, right? Most of y'all Bibles, Paul, it's not red in your Bible. You make it red. Paint it real. Okay. Jesus talking. And notice what Jesus says. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Do we see all three parts of the triune Godhead here? I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he, that's the Holy Ghost, that he may abide with you forever. John 16, 23. John 16, 23. Who has their a concordance on them? I mean, you need a little doodad. I'm going to have y'all pull up a word for me. You know, strong, I, want the, I want the strong. You have like Bible Gateway. Okay. No, no, not Bible. Blue Letter Bible. Well, okay, you got it. Okay. John 16, 23. Y'all see that? This is Jesus talking. This is who talking? Jesus. Say it out loud. Jesus. Notice what Jesus says, Eduardo. And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. So we do not pray and ask Jesus for anything. Now somebody didn't know that because you've been praying. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Can you help me? No, wait, 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 wait. He said in that day, in other words, once I leave, don't ask me anything. Verily, verily. What does verily mean? Truly, truly. So truly, truly. This is for, for show, for show. He says, I say unto you, 
Whatsoever you shall ask who? The Father Father in my name, he he will give to you. He will give to you. So notice he separates himself in functionality from the Father. Are they one? Of course they're one. They they operate as one. They operate as as one one, uh, uh, organization. Rather, is the word I'm looking for. In other words, we're, we're the, they're the same company. They don't, they don't have any disputes. But they are two separate persons. Well, no, I thought John 14 said, uh, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yes, because he's the, he is the image of God. He is, he is the image of God. Hebrews calls him the express image of God. The absolute perfect image. That's why he could say, if you've seen me, this is in John 14, he's talking to to Philip. If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. He wasn't saying the Father is here. He's saying, if you're looking at me, you're looking at the Father. Because I'm the exact image of him. Oh boy. There's a lot of correction going on tonight. Now, I want to make sure you believe your, what you, you see right here. Yeah. What you see right here. Right? What you see right here. Isaiah 9, 5 and 6. This is one that people use. Isaiah 5, 9, 5 and 6. For every battle of the, of the warriors with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. Verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Right? And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name, his name shall be called what? Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And people will say in the apostolic movement that because it says Everlasting Father there, that he's the Father. Okay. Now, who has the the concordance? You, You pull up the word Father for me, please. I didn't send it to media. Just pull up the word Father. Hit the word Father for me. And let's, let's hear, give, give me your, somebody get it, give me a phone or something. I mean, I, I, I could pull it myself, but the word father, H1, it's the Strong's H1, Ab. It's father in literal. It also means patrimony. It means, by application means chief. Okay? It means originator or patron of a class. It means of benevolence and protection, term of respect and honor. So when he's the everlasting father, he's not, the Bible's not making him God, the father. Now, he is God. But he's not making him God, the father. It's, it's talking about him being the chief. The, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, Give me Colossians. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say chief. chief. The principal one. Colossians. Uh, Lord, 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 Lord. Verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 15. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I ain't, oh, Lord. I love Holy Spirit. Man, he is, he is off the chain. I love Holy Spirit. 
Look at this, Colossians 1, verse 15. I'm going to keep going. It says, who is the image of the invisible God? Who is the image of the, of the invisible God? The firstborn of what? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and Verse 17, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Here it is, verse 18 and 19, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the beginning, the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. He's the everlasting father, the everlasting chief, the everlasting ruler. He didn't make himself the father. He's the ruler. Verse 19. For it pleased the father that in Jesus should all fullness dwell. Can you see this? Can you see how easy it is when, when you don't study deeply and you come in with a preconceived idea, you will draw your own conclusion. That's called eisegesis. You, you come in with your own idea. And that's what whole movements have done. And it's brought division in the church and not unity. It's created controversy. Whereas there's supposed to be a peace in the body of Christ. All right. Let's move to the last one. Does everybody believe that the, the Trinity exists now? Don't ever be swayed. Don't ever be moved by tongues. Go with what's in the Bible that you can prove over. I mean, I just gave you a handful. You can go through this. I mean, the Bible is replete with all kind of scriptures that just prove the, prove the Trinity. Just because the word's not there. I mean... I mean, word anniversary ain't in there, but people having them. Birthday ain't in there either, but you're having them. All right, let's go to this last one. This last one. At least the last one I'm going to deal with. Here's a question. It's on baptism. Does the Holy Ghost always or only come through baptism in Jesus' name? No. So I don't need to even deal with this, huh? I better deal with it because I need to give you some scriptures. This is what Hebrews 6.2 calls the doctrine of baptisms. Hebrews 6.2 lays it out. Verse 1 talks about we should leave on, you know, from the doctrines of Christ and move on to some, per some perfection. Move on from verse 2. 
doctrines of baptism and of laying on of hands and repentance from dead works and so forth. So this is a doctrine of baptism. Okay, now, let's go to Acts 2.38. Because this is the root, the foundation of the apostolic movement. If you meet anybody who's apostolic, they're going to know this verse. They, they have it on their tags on front of their car. They get bumper stickers. If they, they could get a tattoo, they would tattoo it on, the, on their arm. They just can't do that. This is the foundation of their whole doctrine. As a matter of fact, for most, for the apostolics I have known and heard, television, radio, if you don't abide by this scripture, you are not a brother. You are not a Christian. They've separated themselves from the rest of Christianity based on this one verse. That's how dangerous and divisive, divisive this doctrine is. And we like, yeah, no. Acts 2.38. Are you there? Here's what they based on. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the mission of, of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Is that true? Yes. Because the word says so. That's true. But you cannot base a doctrine on one verse. Doctrine must be established based on the context of the entire Bible. And to take one verse and make a whole denomination off of that one verse is dangerous. It's divisive. All right. So let's answer, let's, let me show you some scriptures, and we'll let the scriptures answer our question for you. Because the question is, does the Holy Ghost always or only come through baptism in Jesus' name? Acts 8, verse 12 through 17. Acts 8, verse 12 through 17. We're going to put our eyes on this, Devin, and we're going to make sure we know this for ourselves. So the next time we're in the barbershop, we're in the truck, we're in the grocery store, and somebody come and say, what, what name were you, were you baptized in? And you say, oh, whatever, whatever. And then they go, oh, you ain't born again. Oh, pastor, they said I ain't born again. Okay, let, matter of fact, let, let me say this. Let, let me say this right, right from off rip. If you've been walking with me for a while, you've been in this church for a while, you know that we baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus. We do this. We baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus. So I'm not refuting that we should or should not baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus. I do it because that's the pattern that you see established by the apostles. I grew up in church, and we were baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. El nombre de Padre. Le hijo, hijo, and Espíritu Santo. I'm an abominous. Right? And I would have continued that way until I started studying scripture with myself. Not nobody told me this. Just in scripture, I start reading. Wow, wow, that's that's how they did it. Okay, well, it seemed like if that's how they did it, that must be the way it should be. So that's why we do it. Now, if you come to me and say, "Well, Pastor, I went back to that name," I'm not going to say you're not a brother, you're not saved, or that you can't have the Holy Ghost. That is ludicrous of me me to do that because that's not a doctrine that was established 
So we can't disparage other believers who are baptized that way. Acts 8, 12 through 17, are you there? So let's see it in scripture. Let's put our eyes on it and then we can ride out. But when they believed Philip, remember Philip is preaching in where? Samaria. Say it, Samaria. I thought y'all knew Acts 8. He's preaching in Samaria, right? I just preached on this a few weeks ago about this Samaria. Okay, but when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were, they were baptized, both men and women. They were baptized, okay? Verse 13, then Simon himself, remember Simon the sorcerer? He believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with, now don't y'all read ahead. I know some of y'all preachers reading ahead. He continued with Philip and, won, and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. So they're all baptized, right? Verse 14. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them who? Yeah. Verse 15. Verse 15. Who when they were come down, prayed for them. Why? That they might, that they might receive who? Oh. Now stop. Now they were baptized. And he said, but the apostles came and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost, which means they had received them. We know this because look at verse 16. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So if simply being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus gave you the Holy Ghost, then they missed it right here. Because it says they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yet they didn't have the Holy Ghost. They believed and they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Just like we say we're supposed to do it. And yet they still didn't have the Holy Ghost. Verse 17, verse 17. Then laid, the apostles then laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Can you say yes? yes? Not by baptism. Oh, boy. Okay, I'm going to keep going. Because some of y'all wheels are just starting to grind. Acts 10. Acts 10, starting at verse 4 to 4. Acts 10, starting at verse 4 to 4. I'm almost done. Acts 10, starting at verse 44, 44, please, 44. While Peter is preaching at somebody's house, whose house is he preaching at? Cornelius, right? Acts 10. While Peter yet spake these words, while Peter yet spake these words, while Peter is yet, while he's still preaching, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. Now, i got to keep going. I'll come back. And they of the circumcision which, which believed were astonished, uh, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also is poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Keep going, verse 4 to 6. For they heard them doing what? And magnify God. Then Peter answered, then answered Peter, can any man forbid that these should not be? Wait, they weren't baptized yet? that these should be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost 
as well as we. Now watch verse 48. And he commanded them to be baptized. Here it is. What? Then prayed they tarried with him certain days. So we see they were baptized in the name of the Lord. But they got the Holy Ghost before. Okay, let me, let me keep going. Let me get going because some of y'all, boy, this, this is going to brighten your day. Okay, go to Acts 19. Go to Acts 19. Go to Acts 19, verse 1. Boy, y'all are a good class. Thank you. Acts 19 and verse 1. Are you there? And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to where? Ephesus. Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, verse 2, he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? We, this sounds familiar, right? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, what then were you unto what then were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. Now stop right there. Unto John, which is water. Okay? All right. So they're baptized already unto John's baptism. Got it? Boy, this is going to hit somebody. This is going to hit somebody right about in the back row back there. Verse 4. Then Paul, then said Paul, John, verily, truly, Baptized with the what? Of repentance, saying unto the people that they should do what? Believe. Believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. Verse 5, verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Stop. Stop. So they got baptized again. Right? Right? Yes, they did. They got, they got baptized again. But watch verse 6. Watch verse 6. And when Paul laid hands on them. So the baptism did not produce the Holy Ghost baptism. You see, you can't establish doctrine based on one verse, ladies and gentlemen. You must compare it to the whole body of Scripture. Not the two or three witnesses, every word is established. That's why I, I give you multiple scriptures on every one. And when he laid hands on, upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And prophesied. So obviously, simply being baptized in the name of Jesus does not bring you the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you what does? The difference for them was that, remember the word was, they had not so much as heard. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe on him in whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? So people can never receive what they have not heard about. So the way you receive the Holy Ghost is you must hear the Holy Ghost preached and then mix that word with faith and then say, Lord, I want to receive the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 11 that when you, when you ask him for the Holy Ghost, he will give you the Holy Ghost, period. Yeah. 
and you ain't even got to get the tear in three days. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. That's how I grew up. You had Jesus, 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 Jesus. So you slobbed and every phone in the mouth. But you don't have to do that anymore. We never had to do it in the beginning. That's not how the first believers got filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's not how any believer has to get filled. Now, if it happens for you, there are people I know who they got filled with the Holy Ghost calling on Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus for an hour and a half. And fine. I'm, I'm great with that. Long as you got him. Long as you got him, I'm happy. Because we need him. And we need that manifestation of tongues to step into that unknown realm that Prophet Smith talked about. Y'all got this here. Okay. Last place. Acts 2. Y'all know Acts 2? Where are they at the beginning of Acts 2? In the upper room in Jerusalem, right? Acts 2, verse 4. Acts 2, verse 4. We know this one, don't we? And they were all, now this is the day of Pentecost fully come, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as a spirit. Now, what are they doing when this happens? They're just sitting, praising, praying, fellowshipping. Okay? So we must ask then, what was their baptism level? Because right here they get filled with the Holy Ghost. How were they baptized at this time? We got to go back to Acts chapter 1. We can go right to verse 5 and end it. Because Jesus was teaching them, and he said, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. They were baptized with John's baptism. When Jesus first encountered disciples, they were at John's baptism. John was the one who would say, Lo, behold, the Lamb of God, come to take away the sins of the world. And disciples would leave John and follow Jesus. They had been John's baptism, baptiz, or they'd been baptized by John in John's baptism. And now they're filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, I told you, I baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus. So I'm not against that. I'm all for that. But what I'm telling you is that you cannot establish doctrine based on those things. I would that you all be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Last place, Hebrews 13, 7 through 9. This is not about any particular doctrine. This is about doctrine in general. So listen to me very carefully. This may have seemed like the most boring thing you could ever listen to, but doctrines, doctrines are not meaningless. They are not inconsequential. They provide the foundation for your faith. You must know your Bible. Hebrews 13, verse 7 through 9. Remember them which have the rule over you. Who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation or the outcome of their conduct. Verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, come on, and today and Verse 9, be not carried about with divers, that means different 
and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats which uh, have not profited them that have been preoccupied therein. They were getting all the kind of strange doctrines about meat, can't eat meat. People today and want to introduce that mess about you can't eat meat, you shouldn't eat meat. Well, hey, if you choose not to eat meat, don't eat meat. But that's not a doctrine. That's your choice. But you can't make doctrine out of that. Don't get into strange doctrines. We follow God. All right. It's 908, but I got time for two or three questions if you have one. If you have a question, raise your hand. Our ushers are going to get you in a microphone real quick. All right, right there. Yes, ma'am. So you, you said that, um, hmm, that they heard a word or heard from a preacher um, in order to um, receive the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. Right. So in, by saying that, does that then implies that the Spirit has ears? The Holy Spirit has ears? Well, we know the Holy Spirit can hear. I mean, but the spirit, your spirit. Your, your spirit. spirit has ears. You have ears. Body, yes. That's all you do. You have your physical ears. That's how you hear. Okay. Yeah. You hear it with your physical ears, and the word goes into your heart, not your natural heart, your, phys- your, your spiritual heart, and you mix that word with faith, and you receive. You can't receive what you don't hear preached. That's why you got to have the word preached. So the reason that these different people received the Holy Ghost was because he was preaching to them, not because of how they were baptized. Got it? So when I brought up that Acts chapter 2 and went back to Acts 1, I, went, I gave that to prove to you that they did not have to be rebaptized. They didn't have to be rebaptized. Wonderful if they did, but they didn't have to be rebaptized. They weren't rebaptized. All right, I saw another hand over here. Okay, is that my cone? Yes. Okay. Um, my question was, is there like a specific doctrine that like we believe as a church, or is it? I just went over them. Like all of them? Or? Yeah, all of them. Okay. Yeah, the whole Bible is full of doctrines. All, the word doctrine simply means teaching. That's all it simply means is teaching. But when, you, when we talk about doctrines of the church, if we, like I grew up Church of God in Christ, and we had the Kojic doctrine. I got some other Kojic brothers and sisters over here. We, the doctrines of the Church of God in Christ. It based, we, we, had, we had in our books, Sunday school books and things like that, the, you know, God, Jesus, the Holy Ghost, salvation, hell, the doctrine of hell. We knew what we believed about hell. We knew what we believed about heaven. We knew what we believed about angels. See, now we don't have those kind of books. We try to put those things on our website, but people don't read our website. We, we, we talk about, you know, new members class. We talk about that, but people forget when they get a new members class. We cover those doctrines because you, you need to know what you believe. If you don't know what you believe, then anybody comes along and tells you anything, and you're like, oh, okay. And you're like, yeah, you're going somewhere. And most Christians today have no clue. Matter of fact, they don't really believe much. Just feel good. I, okay, tonight I covered the doctrine of demonology, doctrine concerning genealogies, doctrine of theology, doctrine of Christology, uh, doctrine of baptism. 
I specifically covered those. I could, I could teach a lesson on angelology. Eschatology, I've covered the doctrine of, I taught on that some time ago. Eschatology was a study of end times. There's doctors, there's things that you have to, you have to know because I guarantee you the, the Muslims know the Quran and they know your Bible. They know your Bible better than most of us know our Bible. Yes, sir. having a concern about the things that our forefathers did. And should we be concerned about that? Does it have any bearing on our victory in Christ? No. Absolutely not. Remember that it used to be, remember God talked about that. He said it used to be that when the father sinned, the children's teeth were set on edge. But he said that's not that way anymore. He said now when you sin, you will deal with your own sin. Ezekiel 18, when you talk about all the time in Ezekiel 18, when it says the soul, he says all souls are mine. He says the soul that sinneth shall surely die. So now you're not responsible for the sins of your children or of your forefathers. See? Are you, I mean, that sounds like powerful revelation, but that's not based in Scripture. That's not based in Scripture. This, we... <laughs> If, if that was the case, what good was the blood of Christ? What good is the blood of Christ? The, the Bible says, I can deal with this whole thing about, about the devil accusing before the Father. The Bible says in Hebrews, I think chapter 9, Jesus Christ, he sent it to, to the heaven and he purged the heavens. He purged all, all the, 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 just like in the Old Testament, how the, the priests had to purge all the, the utensils. The Bible says Jesus Christ went up into heaven and by his own blood purged everything. Put his butt on the mercy seat. See, that, that's all covered, but it sounds good today to us. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, the reason I'm in trouble because of my forefathers. It ain't your forefathers. See, it's learned behaviors. There are things that are passed down by learn, uh, training a child the way he should go when he's old, not depart from it, good or bad. The ancient man learned behaviors. Somebody else, question, any question? Yes, ma'am. Up all the way up front. Make, make sure it's on. The, no, the top, the top of that, that little slide right there. If I remember correctly, he made a Pull statement. It Pull it back a little bit. That he did not want to be called a Christian. What are your thoughts? Okay, so the, the, the common mindset is, again, they were called Christians first at Antioch and that Christians was a slur. And I agree with that. I agree because Jesus, the, the, the Christians themselves didn't call themselves Christians. They were called of the way, the way. That's what they called themselves. They're, they're, we're in the way. So I do, I do agree with that statement. I'm a born-again believer. I don't call myself anything. I mean, it's, it's, that's a label that you need when you go to the hospital and you check in the hospital. You're going you're gonna to join the military. Well, what's your, what's your faith? And they're going to ask that. We don't really go by that. You understand what I'm saying? I'm a believer. Yes, I'm a believer. 
Yes, I'm a believer. Anybody else before we, before we end? Okay, Elder Baker right there. Is that, I'm sorry, did I see your hand? Oh, you were just, you were, you were. Yes, yes, I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus Christ. All right. Everybody else is good. So we're solid in our faith, solid in our teachings. Now, again, please, I want to reiterate this. Do not lose what you grabbed a hold of. The prophetic release is right on it. Take it. Don't lose the intensity of that. Don't lose momentum. Don't lose your expectation of something good happening in your life. Don't lose, don't lose the, 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 the confirmation that it is settled, it is so, it is. Don't lose any of that. But now let all that be founded in doctrine, in the word. Y'all got it? You had a question? Okay, all right, he had a question over here. Go ahead. It's the same. Y'all know you said the same person, but you was like, the devil is the devil is a title. Is it the same thing as like Jesus the Christ or Satan the devil? No. Huh. The Bible calls him the devil and Satan. That's that's his being. He's the devil. He is called the devil and Satan. It's one being. Jerry Jeremiah, which word if you want to call it? <laughs> Scooter Booty, what's some, some, oh, it's some name she had for him, okay. Scuttlebutt, it's something. Buddha Bear, okay. But that's, that's when he was a little boy. He's, he's a grown man now. That's, oh, that's all old. I, I apologize for your mom. Okay, all right, one more question real quick, one more question. It was mentioned that when we pray, we don't pray the scripture. I want to make sure that I understood that correctly. Um, no, he said we do pray the scripture. Okay, but there was also something that was mentioned about when he said, Father, I stretch my hands to thee. He kept saying, no, that's not praying. And I understand that that's not your prayer, but you're giving honor. Yeah, what he, what he was saying is... You need to know the scriptures. That's what we're saying. Because if, if there are people who only know songs and hymns, and they will use that as prayer as opposed to using the word as for prayer. So he wasn't necessarily condemning, you know, the, the principle of, Father, I stretch my hands to you. Because you can say that, Father, I stretch my hands to you. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But what he's saying is, don't make that your mode of prayer. That And I've heard people pray. I've, I've listened to some people pray on TV you know, and they, they go through six hymns, word for word. <laughs> a chance to keep a hymn, I'm going to glory. And they're not preaching, they're actually praying. I'm like, okay, when are you going to actually pray? Because you're, you're just really quoting music. So, so he, he, his encouragement, which is absolutely right, is we pray the word. The power of God is in the word. God, he, he has, the Bible says he's honored his word above his name. So he, he has respect to his word. So that's, that's what he was really pushing for. So not necessarily to disparage anything else. Yeah. Okay, so I just wanted to make, make 
sure I'm correct. He, um, he said something about the only way you can get the presence is if you have the word. It's not about praise when, you know, the Bible do say that God dwells among the praises of his people. But he did say that it doesn't come from there. It comes from knowing the word. So I want to just get clarification for that, please. Um, that's not a doctrine. So I wasn't going to deal with that because that's not a doctrine. I, you know, that's an opinion. Um, I disagree with that opinion because you can definitely praise and get into God's presence. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and it's course with praise. So you can definitely use your praise and your worship to really enter into God's presence. Yeah. Right. Right. What Pascal said, the Old Testament saints, they didn't have a Bible like we have. They didn't have the word. Yeah, they had to worship God. So that, that's how we do. So that's, that's my stance on that. Again, it's not doctrinal. So I'm, I'm not teacher's own. All right, last one. Okay, I'm back again. Sorry. Come on. Um, okay. I just I don't know if it's like. <laughs> I don't know if it's like um, doctrine or not, but he has said um, joy is not a noise, joy is a sound, and I just want a clarification because Psalm 66 verse one and Psalms 100 verse one say make a joyful noise. So I just want a clarification <laughs> on like I had to do a little bit of research. I was just you know. What scripture? Uh, Psalms 66, 1, and Psalms 101. Okay. Well, I know Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Yeah. Um, and the first was Psalm 66. Okay. Let me, let me see. Because I'm trying to see what translation. Because some translations will use noise. Some will use shout or sound. Yep, King James, make a joyful noise. You're right. Again, not doctrine. It's not doctrine. So it's, I, I don't I'm not agree with that because that's someone's state. That's how they feel. That's a revelation he has. Great. I'm not, I'm not disputing that revelation. But I'm not going to base, I'm not going to tell you that that's how it is. That's for me. You follow what I'm saying? So I, I'm not going to dispute that. And again, please, when you leave tonight, know I didn't want this to focus on Apostle Smith. I want us to focus. There's doctrines that are all over the body of Christ. Apostle Smith is my friend, my brother. I will call him and say, come back on such and such a date. Trust me. I have no problem with him whatsoever. Y'all follow what I'm saying to you? Okay. But I'll make sure I let him know, don't teach doctrine in this church. You follow what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And a note to you all, when you go out and preach and you're invited places, don't teach doctrine. Don't touch. That's, that's not your baby. I'm not going to walk into your house and tell you how to cook your food. I don't have to eat it. Yes, sir. Hold on. Hold on there, uh, Reverend. I was just saying there's one place where Paul is teaching and he says 
this is my opinion. He's separating. He's That's letting right. you know, I think, 1 Corinthians 7, 7, 7, around verse 25. He, yep. He's talking. He, he, he says, this is my opinion. So, uh, you know, it's like our pastor is telling us, uh, we have to know the word of God. And, and I was just saying today to somebody that we were talking to, I said, we have to be Bereans. That's right. And, and we have to know the word of God for ourselves. So, That's right. Yeah. Amen. That's very good. First Corinthians 7 talks about that. Paul said, I don't say this by commandment. This is me, me only talking. Okay. Amen. You got to know how to separate the two. Amen. Did y'all get anything out of that tonight? Yeah. Yeah.